Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and as usual, I give God praise for being here with all of you on this episode number 67 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we are back and feeling a little bit better and ready to dig into our Nehemiah study once again. So please go ahead and take this time to get your notebooks, get your Bibles, get something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Courages You is coming to you with Nehemiah chapter 6. Oh no, I am doing a great work. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are back. I just want to take a moment to say thank you all so much for your patience and for your prayers on last week as my voice was on the mend. And I am very delighted to be back here with you to discuss Nehemiah chapter 6. So let's do a quick synopsis of what we've covered so far, especially if it's your first time here on the podcast or reading the post. So we have talked about in Nehemiah chapter 1, overcoming people approval. We did that in chapter 1 and in chapter 2, actually. In chapter 3, we talked about the importance of gated living and also discovered what kind of workers should we be. In chapter 4, we talked about what to do when you're attacked on the wall, what to do when you're weary on the wall, and then getting back to work on the wall. In chapter 5, we talked about what happens when the enemy that's giving you a hard time is right within your close circle and how to confront him or her. And then finally, finally, we talked about how Nehemiah was a leader versus a boss or manager over his people. So lots of lots of good information in Nehemiah, and we're going to keep the conversation going as we go into the beginning of Nehemiah chapter 6. So as we take a look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the wall, BCU family, is almost complete. Nehemiah just has some finishing touches to continue to work on. So with that good news comes the challenge because Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem and the rest of the enemies have gotten word that this project is almost complete. So here they come for a last ditch attempt to stop Nehemiah from the work. So in verse two, Sanballat and Geshem send a messenger to Nehemiah saying, you know what, let's meet up in the village, in the plain of Ono. Nehemiah said to himself, they thought to do me mischief. So let's stop right here and uh, dig a little deeper into verse 2. The trouble that Sam Ballad and Tobiah and Geshem have been causing throughout the book of Nehemiah that they would all of a sudden send this messenger 
to say, you know, let's meet up together in, in, in one of the villages in the plain of, oh no, let's do that. <laughs> Nehemiah had a relationship with God and he had a really good prayer life. So he was able to discern that this was not a meeting that he should accept because the enemy was trying to get Nehemiah alone to harm him. Let's talk about how we can apply this to our lives. As people of God, we will have enemies, BCU family. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 reminds us to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, our enemy, the devil, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So this tells us, BCU family, that we need to be on high alert for that evil spirit of trickery that works through people. It's not people, it's a spirit that works through them. And with wisdom and the discernment that God gives us, we recognize it, and then that way we don't get tricked. Many times what happens is, is that we call foul and say how wrong it is when we get yoked up, when we do get tricked by a spirit working through someone. And and yes, it's unfortunate and it does happen. It's even happened to me. Absolutely, it's happened. And it's foul. However, we have a responsibility, BCU family, to be sure that our relationship with God is such that we hear his voice, that we apply wisdom and discernment in every situation so that we can avoid getting okey-doked in the first place. Let's talk a little bit more about that. One of my favorite stories in the Bible in the way of making sure that we run everything by God comes from the book of Joshua chapter 9. If you haven't read this story or if you haven't read in a long time, you need to refresh yourself. I encourage you, BCU family, to go and check it out. It is going to bless you. For the sake of time, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version here. So in Joshua chapter 9, um, and, and most of us know Joshua, mighty warrior, okay? And Joshua at this time was going around defeating people all over the place. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, left and right. It was out of sight. <laughs> and next were the Gibbonites, all right? And they lived right in the vicinity of where Joshua was and Because of what was going on, the the Gibeonites had heard about Joshua winning all these battles, and they got a little nervous. And they figured, you know what? We're going to be next, uh, feeling the wrath of Joshua, so we've got to think fast. So what the Gibeonites did was they got really crafty, and they got some old sacks, some old wineskins, some dry and moldy bread, um, some old clothing and shoes, And they came riding up to Joshua and his camp on these donkeys saying that they were ambassadors from a far country. And they asked Joshua and his team to make a promise not to hurt them. 
Now, Joshua's men were suspicious, and they said so. They started to ask questions of these strange people. But the Gibeonites countered really quickly, and they said, mm -mm, mm, no, 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 we are your servants. We're your servants. Joshua then stepped in and asked for more identification, and he wanted to know, you know, where were they from and who are you? But these fake ambassadors, they never named the country that they came from. They just said that they came in the name of the Lord, and then they went to talking about Joshua's fame and went right into asking Joshua for a promise not to hurt them. On top of that, BCU family, the Gibbonites made it a point to show Joshua and his team their old food and tattered clothes and worn out shoes to convince Joshua that the Gibbonites were really from this far, far away place. Now, there is so much wrong here, <laughs> but alas, that's, that's for another post. We're going to have to talk about that another time. So what ended up happening was that Joshua softened up and the scriptures say in Joshua chapter 9, right around verse 12, that because Joshua did not seek counsel at the mouth of the Lord, his team took the bait. They took the bait and ended up protecting a group of people that were enemies disguised as friends slash admirers. Eventually, Joshua found out, and he was plenty, plenty angry about being beguiled. But because Joshua gave his word, he couldn't go back on it, and he couldn't hurt the Gibbonites. They were now protected. So here we have two very powerful men of God that we're comparing. We've got Joshua, a mighty man of valor, took the place of Moses, you know, fought battles and won them, yet did not ask God what to do when these people came and presented themselves. On the other side, we've got Nehemiah, a cupbearer, turned wall builder and governor. Again, had a, a prayer life and a relationship enough with God to ask what to do and to discern this trick that his enemies were planning against him, and he bypassed it. He bypassed it. That's what we want to do, BCU family. That's what we want to do. And what I love about Nehemiah is he cut off any possibility of a meeting in the next verse. We're going back to Nehemiah chapter 6. I know I'm skipping around a little bit. So Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 3, that's where we are now. What Nehemiah said was he sent messengers back to his enemies and he said, get this BCU family, get this. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? So very simply put, BCU family, he said he was busy and that the work should not stop. So let me ask you, and when I ask you, I ask me as well, what great work has God called you to do that requires your full attention? 
What talent, task, or gift have you come off the wall for to do something else? Did you happen to get distracted by something shiny, less involved, or more fun? Did you get tricked into coming off the wall altogether? It has happened to the best of us, myself included. And in any of those cases, or even if it's something that wasn't named BCU family, it is not too late if you are under the sound of my voice or reading this post. It's not too late to get back on the wall. Oh, yes. Yes. God can still use you. Just repent and come on back. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. All right, I was getting excited there, so let me calm myself down and get into our last verse here. So now that we're back on the wall, no BCU family, you've got to know that the enemy is going to come back with you. When you come back to what God has assigned you to do, know that the enemy is going to come back with you. So when we recognize the enemy this time, Rather than reasoning with him or explaining your position, simply close the conversation like Nehemiah did and continue working. Notice in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 4, what he said. Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. And what that means is, is that while Team Sandballot kept coming for Nehemiah, they came back four more times. Nehemiah stayed consistent and persistent using the same answer he gave in verse 3. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? He said it again. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? He said it again. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? And a fourth time. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Nehemiah said nothing more or nothing less. And those enemies backed off, but just for a short while. So BCU family, how did your spirit feel when you heard Nehemiah's response to those enemies? And he said it over and over and over and over again. It is my prayer that you are feeling more encouraged and determined to continue doing the great work that God has called for you to do. Additionally, BCU family, we want to be sure that we avoid going into desolate plains with people places and things that clearly do not have or do not want God's best for us. Very simply put, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, 
Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. All right. So listen closely to what people are telling you, where they're directing you and see what kind of fruit is coming from their lips. All right. Now, God does give us free will to make choices. He is not interested in us being tricked by, making treaties with, or being devoured by the enemy. So rather than just make a decision without thinking about it, let's seek counsel at the mouth of the Lord and ask for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and instruction on how to plainly deal and identify with the rotten fruit and to stay out of the plane of oh no, because it's a no-no. It's a (laughs) no-go. Amen? Amen. BCU family, we just got through the first four verses of Nehemiah. I'm telling you, there is so much more meat that we need to get off the bones and apply to our lives, and I am excited to share it with you. So please stay tuned for our upcoming posts and podcasts. In the meantime, we would love to hear some feedback from you. So please do us a favor. Head on over to blendcouragesyou.com if you're not already here and leave us some feedback or a comment in the comments box. We'll be sure to look for that and to respond to you. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you part of the BCU family? Hmm? To become part of the BCU family, all you have to do is subscribe to BlaineCouragesYou.com. That's it. There is no cost to you whatsoever, and it's a great place to get the encouragement, information, and inspiration that you're looking for based on the Word of God. Additionally, you can also see what we're up to on the daily by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter, on Instagram, and we also are on YouTube with the BCU Word of the Week. You can also listen in and subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and on iTunes. So whatever your preferred method is in getting in contact and being a part of the BCU family, there you have it. You've got several different ways and we're looking for even more. All right, BCU family. So this is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com. I'm going to get ready to sign off, but not before saying thank you. Thank you so much for your prayerful support. We appreciate it. We certainly do. And we count it an honor to serve you. So until the next time we're together, may God bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. Give you peace, wisdom, and discernment as you stay on the wall. We'll see you next time.